When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. It's Final Word Daily. Adam Collins, Brett Sunderace, and one here at Adelaide Oval. It's a late recording from us. I'm going to get you to start proceedings in the usual way for this product. Tell us about the day in 30 seconds. When we got to the Adelaide Oval, it was all about David Warner and, you know, everything surrounding David Warner. And then the cricket began, it was still about David Warner because the West Indies took a while to show up. Makini Mindley travelled for two days, landed up here, bowled two overs on debut and then limped off. Eventually, they were left with Omar Phillips coming straight from club cricket and fielding and letting balls through his legs. But they did show some fight and then... It was all about Manas Labushain scoring yet another 100. But the story of the day, South Australia finally has a test centurion after 28 years on home soil. First time since 1995, a sacker boy has held up his bat for a test hand. Greg Blewett did on test taboo back a road, in early 1995. It was brilliant. Great way to end the night. He finishes on 114. Manas won 20 the third time uh, on the trot. He's made a test yeah. for the. He, he's done it two times now, Manas. has made three on the trot. Only the second cricketer to achieve that. The first was Little Davey Warner, who all the story was about um, this morning. He did it twice as well earlier in his career. Um, they finish at three for 100, three for 330 uh, after losing wickets at 34, 129 and 131. When Kawaja was out league before wicket to Devin Thomas on Test Taboo. <laughs> and then Steve Smith was caught and bowled for a duck from Jason Holder, the first time he's been caught and bowled to a seamer ever. There was a window there for the, the Windies to rally, but that was when the arse fell out, really. I mean, within probably 20 minutes of that, it was like we'd just got into a, a glorified centre-wicket practice. It was really odd how, how unexpectedly it was that they got back into the day, how, how quickly they let, it, they let it drop away after that. Yeah, I mean, like, just the first two overs of the day itself. Alzari Joseph, we were so excited about him after the the spell to Manas Labushin in yep. the second innings. He was bowling at full tilt, bowling at speeds were in the high 140s, so mm. you expected him to come charging in. But he did not in the first over of the day uh, with that pink new ball. And then Jason Holder was ambling in and the ball was barely getting to the other end. He was, some of those balls were at 120 kph. So. I mean, it was the second new ball he bowled deliveries that weren't slow balls at 115. Yeah, there you go. You can get your left arm. Max Walker's out. I know, it's about time, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe I'll bowl quicker. <laughs> Some deliveries will be quicker. <laughs> I was expecting a late call up, by the way. You know, Omar Phillips was flown in from Melbourne, but at one point, like before you walked into the press conference, Phil Simmons was doing his press conference and he said Phillips Puna was this close to being, <laughs> um, Phillips Puna, their media manager, was this close to actually fielding in a test match, and I'm not even kidding. So, I. Uh, I might not be able to do the show tomorrow, maybe because I'll be called in to field for them as a substitute. But honestly, it started flat and then things picked up, like you said. Devin Thomas, <laughs> to literally everybody's surprise in the team, takes that wicket and Phil Simmons says he's never going to hear the end of it. Um, and then Steve Smith kind of 
from nowhere. Just hits a full ball, overbalances and hits it straight back to Jason Holder. First time ever he's caught in bold of a fast bowler in test cricket. And at 3 for 130, like you said, Adam, we thought maybe pink ball Travis Head comes in, anything could happen. And then they just went flat. Alzari Joseph was brought back from the Devon Thomas end. He bowled two overs and maybe three overs at max. And they went back to spin, yeah. and it was all over. Literally all over. From the they used seven bowlers in the first 36 overs of the Test match, with Roston Chase bowling inside the first 40 minutes. Yes. I think it was from memory. I mean, it really was. It was scrappy to say the least. Um, we've tried to rally around the West Indies, and at Perth they had days. I mean, they batted for 98 mm. and a half overs in the first innings, 110 and a bit overs in the second. But today was the day when their, their tour started to go off the rails. In a way, they're lucky. It's only a two-test match series. Yeah. Australia will win this test in three, three and a half days because what they'll do is they'll bat till two tomorrow. Um, they'll, they'll pop the windies in that juncture. They'll bowl them out before stumps tomorrow, probably. And then they'll make them follow on on day three. Like, I hate to be so effusive about yeah, this, but it just feels like today had a rhythm to it. Australia know how to play pink ball test matches yeah. at Adelaide Oval. They've won all of them. They've played 10 pink ball test matches in all, and most of them have fallen, followed rather this rhythm. And Head today, uh, after 99 last week, was able to make the absolute most of that situation. So actually, we'll deal with Labuschagne first, because he did leave a lot of balls. I asked him at the presser then mm. about the fact that it took him 63 deliveries before he found the rope. And he said, well, actually what we're missing in all of that is that it is still hard to pick up the pink ball. Even for someone as experienced as Lava Shane, he goes, we don't use it in, tra in training too often, except for the lead up to a pink ball test. Yeah. We don't play pink ball shield games anymore. So the adjustment is still the thing. So with he head walking out, when they go bang, bang, and it's about to be the witching hour and all the other bits and pieces that we reach for when covering day-night test cricket, it might have gone the way of the Windies today. But that, as I said before, was when they're using Brathwaite and Chase uh, in tandem within about 20 minutes. And yeah. like, by that point, it was one-day cricket. It was. I mean, the field was spread out. You could easily pick five singles and over. And that's what Head and Labashain were doing yep. very comfortably, very conveniently. Uh, look, I remember about going back to the pink ball, Manas in this very net two or three years ago, talking about how at times facing the pink ball during that twilight hour is like you're batting in space because the ball seems to do things in the air at times which it's not doing. And, and you know, it's about picking up that ball. And, and I told you about witching hour when the ball suddenly starts doing a lot, especially the second 7.54 p.m., wasn't it? You identified a couple of nights ago. 7.54 to 8.24 was a danger <laughs> period, like the most dangerous period to bat in. And then you, it kind of settles in. Uh, and, it, and you saw that as well. That's where a lot of runs weren't scored. Unfortunately, the second half of that half an hour of the, the, the witching hour, the witching half an hour, was we had a lot of spin going on. So that doesn't help at all. But you just have to, you know, doff your hat to Manas Labushi. And I put that clip out from two nights ago yep. when we were there. I was, I was there. He was there batting away. Uh, late into the night, not not ready to give up till he middled the ball, and that's like I put in that tweet. That's how the best get get better. And he's just so hungry for runs, but he's also like Steve Smith, always hungry to get better and better and better at not just scoring runs, but building in innings and just working on everything around his game. Ten Test centuries in 51 innings. He's the fourth quickest Australian to that mark. Uh, he has hit three tons in a row, as we mentioned off the top. Interesting, and it's a good question at the pressure from Dan Cherney about his gesticulations, mm. that there have been fewer of them this summer. And he responded by saying, last year, well, you can read between the lines a bit, last year he was quite nervous. Yeah. Even though he was the number one player in the world after making a ton on a 50 here at the Adelaide Test match, there was some nerves creeping into his game, which have now subsided. He's at peace with where he's playing, how he's playing. He's had a 
baby daughter in the yeah. last couple of months. I asked him that, whether that might have been a factor, and he said that it was. Like, I suppose his change of emphasis, having other priorities apart from batting, serving him well, may not be too big a leap to say. Indeed, he kind of accepted the premise of that. Oh yeah, very much so. He said like, yeah, that comes through when he is nervous and I've seen a lot of him in training as well. It's true, you can always make out. Like, it's not just him, even with the Steve Smith. When they think that there is a bowler or uh, an opposition who, uh, if not, if they're dictating terms, they are, they've at least got one sort, one aspect of their technique sorted and they need to work on it. They can get that nervous energy around it. But yeah, I mean, the West Indies have not posed too many challenges. Yes, we expected them to come short at Manus, but you know, once they lost Maki in Mindli, which we will uh, speak about, they were left with what three bowlers and Alzari <laughs> Joseph was really the only one bowling at over 130. Oh, oh, there goes the lights. We'll keep going. Yeah. It's okay. But it feels like I'm brighter now than I was when the lights were on. But you can see my face a lot. It shows how late the, um, the press conference was. I months. know. This is like the 2007 World Cup final. <laughs> this is how dark it was. <laughs> you follow us all on YouTube as well. Uh, People do that sometimes. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, sorry, continue, please. Uh, no, I'm saying like, so once... Um, even Anderson Phillip was like averaging 125, 126. So uh, the guy playing a second test. So there was no pace for the West Indies to work with, uh, which made life easier uh, for for the Australians. But Manus's test will come against South Africa. Yeah, I actually thought Anderson Phillip was okay. But Marquino Minley, and you mentioned him in your 30-second um, summary, which was quite funny considering he bowled. Well, he actually bowled 15 deliveries. He overstepped three times yeah, that is in his first two overs. And maybe he's Hall of Fame, maybe he's not. But what I would say... I meant to, meant, meant to say this in commentary, but forgot to. He's got Mohamed Musa Khan energy about yeah, him, doesn't he? he? Does. Mohamed Musa Khan played one test match under lights here in Adelaide, and that was it. It was a 20-over spell against Warner and Labashain, who mm. pulverised him three summers ago, and that was his only test match for Pakistan. I, I hope it isn't the same fate for Marquino, who, who flew out here, you know, between test matches. Yeah. He's, presumably quite jet-lagged and he wouldn't have played today if Jaden Seals passed his yeah, exactly. fitness test in much the same way that Hazelwood was ruled out late uh, for Michael Nisa. We'll talk more about him tomorrow. I'm sure Nisa must play. Nisa, Nisa is must play. play. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a slightly sad story that on the basis of what we've seen, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he bowls again in the, in the test match. Yeah, I think he's gone. I mean, uh, he never came back onto the field. Yeah. And just to sum up how bad a day it was for the West Indies. He goes off the field. Jaden Seals, the injured fast bowler, comes onto the field. And at one point, he's there only for a couple of overs. And at one point, he's chasing a ball. And you can see him pull up. I mean, imagine that an in like Just try to put that into perspective. And this is test cricket we're talking about. <laughs> an injured fast bowler is substituting for another injured fast bowler and gets injured while doing that. And, you know, he he didn't limp off. He went off and he never came back. And then Kyle Mayers had to come out there. Who's also missing three. Effectively injury. I'm sure if... Carl Mayers didn't have a side strategy playing this way. Well, he would have, like, yeah. yeah. And as a result, he can't move, so they throw him in at slip. And and in all this, they're waiting for Omar Phillips, a guy who played two test matches for them way back in 2009. And has since, uh, I don't know whether he lives here, but he does play club cricket in Melbourne. So he gets the late call-up. He he has to come here, field in a, te in a test match, also in with a pink ball under light so obviously he was going to misfield a few balls but I was so happy and maybe we leave this for the Hall of Fame uh, but it, it, it was just a day that summed up West Indies' test tour honestly and this series and how much they've struggled We probably haven't big up Travis Head enough but we'll probably have a chance to do that tomorrow he resumes at 114 mm. with Australia 3 for 330 I'm not sure if we mentioned the score off the top but Head um, I'm really happy for him I can you know you can read the body language sometimes with these guys, and my sense is that 
even up until a couple of weeks ago, he was feeling like he, he may not have a secure spot in this team, which sounds preposterous after his wonderful home ashes last year with hundreds at Brisbane and at Hobart. But modest returns, not even that, poor returns in yes. Pakistan and Sri Lanka, averaging 15 across those five test matches. To start with a 99 and 114, he will get his opportunity not only to complete the summer, he'll presumably do well through the home summer, averaging in the well high 50s in, in this part of the world. It's the chance he gets in India, which I think will be not like playing on his mind, but he should see as a good opportunity because when he slays the ball through or anywhere between backward point and cover, his, his posture remains the same. He kind of has that, that crouch, that weight and that slap. Um, he is a joy to watch and, and the celebration uh, matched that tonight. Oh, very much. Another young father, don't forget. He became a yes, father true. after Manus. So I, I bumped into him in, uh, in Perth and he was telling me all about daddy duties. Like it was before the test match. It was very cute. Um, and you're right. I mean, I remember taking some clips of him from Shield Cricket a few years ago. And you just about his position. When you see him side on, he he gets into the same position ball after ball the front foot doesn't go too far out but it's all hands for Travis Head like he's one of those hand-eye coordination batters and you know he, he does he just needs a little bit of width that's why and he can really pierce any gap the number of boundaries he gets into the offside for once again I mean the West Indies just fed him that all his boundaries were through the offside like Chris yeah. Rogers kept saying uh, so yeah it was one of those days but I'm really happy for Travis and really happy for the South Australian crowd. People have been talking about the crowd. Nearly 25,000 people rocked up today. Uh, and they were all like, you know, for large portions of the day, they were at the back in the village green behind us uh, having a gala time. But as Travis Head neared his 100, they all just poured into the Adelaide Oval. Because think about it, it's amazing when you think about it, right? Like, it's not like India where cricket is played in some 84 states. It's played in pretty much six states and for one state to have to wait for nearly 28 years to see one of their own raise their bat in a test match on home soil it's, it says something in a proud state of South Australia as well. And the pride of South Australia tonight speaking about the pride of South Australia uh, now let's go to the final word Hall of Fame for woodstockcricket.co.uk um, speaking of bats on TFW 20 for 20% off why wouldn't you get one before Christmas woodstockcricket.co.uk even when you factor in the postage back to Australia if you're listening or watching this podcast in Oz um, it's still so much cheaper than the bats off the rack here, and it's been independently verified. And the best bats in the world. Why wouldn't you get one? Woodstockcricket.co.uk. Buy yourself one. Buy someone a bat for Christmas. Um, speaking of, um, Marnus just sent in the presser at the end. I went up to him and said, Are "You taking your bat home?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm taking my bat home. It's, it's a long morning when you're playing <laughs> day-night test cricket." So he's taking his bat and his. I don't know if it's his gloves or in his backpack yeah, as well, but he's he off. Have. He's off home to shadow bat. In his hotel room tonight. That was a nice way to cap our long day. Oh, very much so. Especially with the wife and kid not here. He needs something to keep uh, himself occupied. <laughs> so he will spend the night with his bat. Like, he spent the whole day with his bat. But the Hall of Fame... I was going to go with Devin Thomas taking a test wicket. <laughs> it was just not a bad thing. How about the factoid about him? He's taken a test wicket, but he's also taken a one-day wicket. He started his international career in the squad in 2010 as the backup keeper. Yep. And when wicket-keeping, he's taken a wicket in a one-dayer, one of only three men to achieve that. Absolutely. So the classic, you know, journeyman all-rounder. Journeyman all-rounder, but he doesn't get the Hall of Fame. The <laughs> Hall of Fame is reserved for Omar Phillips. Oh, I, I know, I know it had a tough day. I felt for him and I was quite happy when he had got to put the jumper on for reasons that I will not talk about. Uh, Which jumper, sorry? The... No, he got to put the West Indies jumper on. Like, you know, he was just running around in this numberless jersey. Oh, right, I see. Looking yeah, even yeah. more conspicuous. But, uh, and there were a few misfields. Some embarrassing misfields, ball going through his legs. 
But later on in the day, he did put in this fantastic dive on the boundary yes, and saved a boundary. And you could see the entire West Indies team like kind of clapping him and getting behind him. Alzari Joseph rarely smiles, but he did smile. And just as we were going down to the press conference, I saw him signing autographs on the boundary. I mean, think about this. Put yourself in his head. Yeah. You're this 36-year-old. You think your like your international career is long gone. You're not even thinking about domestic cricket. Playing club cricket in Melbourne, you get flown into Adelaide and you end up feeling in a test match and then signing autographs at the end of the day. Baz, you go home. I'm going to go back to the hotel. We're knackered. Find a wet daily, day one. Done. See you tomorrow. Sorry if I ran out to empty wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself.